Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello, I'm Adam Levy, and this is Working Scientist, a Nature Careers podcast. In this special episode, we're looking at the two winners of the 2019 John Maddox Prize. The John Maddox Prize is from Nature and Sense About Science, a charity that challenges the misrepresentation of science and evidence in public life. The prize recognises outstanding efforts to promote science and evidence, even in the face of challenges and hostility. And the winners of the award this year truly capture that spirit. Selecting them is not an easy job. Scientists and scientific institutions sent in over 200 nominations. That's 10 times more than when the prize began in 2012. And that number includes individuals like Malekhapuru William Makoba, standing up against AIDS denial in South Africa and Mark Edwards, who exposed the Flint water contamination crisis in Michigan. But sadly, the judges can only select two winners. The first of these is the winner of the John Maddox Early Career Prize. This year, the judges gave the award to Olivier Bernard, a pharmacist from Montreal, Canada. Given the back catalogue of his work, it's hard to believe he is indeed still early in his career. I'm part pharmacist and part science communicator nowadays. I draw comics about uh, about health, especially about myths regarding healthcare. So uh, perceptions people have uh, about um, that can be about medications, about natural health products. And I also have now uh, I, I publish some books. I, I have a TV show about scientific skepticism. Olivier was awarded the prize for his science communication. Most notably, he has repeatedly called out the use of vitamin C injections in the treatment of cancer. When we spoke, he told me he'd got quite a shock when he found out he'd been awarded the prize. It's actually one of my readers from uh, my website. who uh, the, She wrote to me and she said, uh, you know, I, I want to nominate you for this award. So I knew of the award, but I told her, look, I, there's no way I, I can win this, but if you want to do it, sure, fine, go ahead. So who knows then? It, um, I mean, it feels amazing, but it's a huge surprise. As a pharmacist, what kind of prompted you? What made you want to start making comics and talking more about misconceptions in, in science and in medicine? I think the main driver was frustration, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> um, I mean, as a, as a pharmacist and any 
anybody who works in healthcare or even science in general, I mean, we're confronted with all of these weird beliefs that people have sometimes. And often these are beliefs that we know, I mean, we've known for a long time that they're incorrect. And it it amazed me at the time that I had to explain these things every day to different people. So I thought, is there any way I can do that on a larger scale so I can inform more people at the same time? Now, when did you first become aware of vitamin C injections? In early 2018, some of my readers wrote to me, they sent me emails saying that there was a petition starting up that was gaining quite a lot of attention. Uh, it was a petition uh, requesting for the government to cover the vitamin C injections for people with cancer, because apparently it can help to reduce side effects of uh, chemotherapy. So I was made aware of that in early 2018. And uh, the reader said I should write an article about that. And I did. I wrote a paper with some of my drawings explaining, you know, what was wrong with this petition, what was right. And yeah, it started like that. It was just one of the many articles I was writing on my website and I didn't expect anything special from it. How did you feel when you first heard about these injections? Because I suppose, you know, they're for very vulnerable people, people who are trying to recover from, from cancer therapies. It strikes a chord with me. There's something that just gets to me when it comes to cancer because these people, as you say, they're so vulnerable and they're just willing to try sometimes anything. So in that case, I felt really strongly about that, about these vitamin C injections because I felt it was, I was pretty certain there was no evidence behind it. And uh, as a matter of fact, uh, that was the case. Yeah, so, so you not only wrote this article which made that clear, you also looked into the petition itself, and, and what did you find there? The way that they promoted this petition is by going to um, public figures, celebrities. There was a lot of attention in the media. They appeared in TV shows, on radio shows. So they got so much attention. And also, they managed to uh, get the interest of a member of a political party here in Quebec. And this politician said all right, now this is my project. I'm going to take this petition and we're going to make that happen. And that was the part that just, I mean, I, I thought that was so scary um, to hear this politician say that without even knowing the evidence, most likely. And when you raised these issues, the I guess the issues of how the petition was being promoted and also the treatment itself, not having evidence to support it, the response to you doing this wasn't necessarily positive, right? No. I mean, when I wrote the article in early 2018, I got a lot of pushbacks. I mean, for several months, I was getting insults and like those vague threats pretty much every day. I mean, it was pretty bad, but it got much, much worse. Uh, later on in, in early 2019, the petition was at uh, 120,000 people. For for us in Quebec, it's 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 a lot. It's a big one of the biggest petitions in history. And then I tried to address directly the politician in question, and that's where it got really really bad. He made some kind of statement on his Facebook page, and I I just I wrote to him publicly. So I asked him to kind of uh, back up his initiative. And the people who were supporting the petition, they really did not like that. And I, there, there's a group supporting the petition who decided to 
just break me, basically. So they started sending complaints to my broadcaster and they were asking to, for my shows to be canceled. Uh, they revealed the address of a pharmacy where I work. Uh, they harassed my, my wife. And my wife has nothing to do about that. I mean, she writes children's books and they called for a boycott of her books. They sent her death threats. Th that was so bad, really. And it was an extremely stressful time uh, for, for us, for both of us. Yeah, I, I mean, how did you cope? Because that, that just sounds like so much to deal with. So what I decided to do is just, I, I decided to talk about it publicly because I felt like nobody was really aware of that. I did a post on my social network saying, look, this is what is going on. So, you know, I can keep doing this alone. And the result was just amazing. There was this huge outcry from the, the local scientific community. And what kind of changes have there actually been as a result of this, uh, this outpouring? Well, first, medical associations suddenly, after I mean, a, after a year, they came forward and saying, "Hey, look, this guy, what he's saying is, I mean, it, he's right. There's no evidence to back this up." So very quickly, the politician who was supporting the petition, he had to take a step back. And shortly afterwards, the government announced that they would not be accepting uh, the petition. It was amazing to hear the government say that. And then a few weeks. Later, I got some emails from people in the government and also medical associations who said, hey, we didn't know this could happen. So now there's this task force, two task force who are uh, right now uh, thinking about how can uh, scientists be protected or supported when something like that happens to them. So that was really the best thing that happened. Those two things, that was just the best that came out of it, I think. What advice would you give to other researchers who, who see claims online that they know to be false or they know not to be backed up by evidence? What advice would you give to them in terms of how they speak out? People in the field of science and healthcare, we need to be more proactive. I mean, we see claims that are incorrect or incomplete or completely false. I mean, all the time. And the truth is, most people don't do anything about it. We just feel like it's not our responsibility to do it. Uh, so what I tell them is, yes, it is our responsibility because if we're not taking our, our place uh, in public debates like this, I mean, other people are taking our, our spot. Like, I'm not asking people to become science communicators, but I can, we can all do our part. If we hear something that's incorrect and it's in our field of expertise, we have to speak because that's the problem right now. We're not vocal enough about those issues. Now, a lot of people might want to speak out, but might be scared of going through similar experiences to you, you know, being attacked personally. Um, what advice would you give to people who... Um, maybe concerned about the consequences of speaking out? First of all, I would tell them that it's normal to be scared, but don't do this alone. Find some help through colleagues and try to gain some support. I would suggest going, if you, if you have the, the privilege of being in, a, in an association of scientists or in healthcare, contact them and tell them about it and ask them for guidance. We're, we're all very passionate about what we do and we care about facts, we care about the scientific method, but I think we should also care about um, our communication skills. 
And I think it's going to increase people's confidence, not only in science, but also in scientists and show them that, you know, we're scientists, but we're also, we're also just normal people. That was Olivier Bernard, winner of the 2019 John Maddox Early Career Prize. The John Maddox Prize is a joint initiative between Sense About Science and Nature, and is named after former Nature editor John Maddox. John edited the magazine for 22 years in total, bringing a combination of scientific and journalistic rigour to the role. So who better to name these awards after? The second winner of the awards has been standing strong in the name of scientific evidence for decades now. Baman Hirosario is a professor of forest protection at IPB University in Indonesia. Illegal peatland fires are a huge problem in Indonesia, perhaps most notoriously to clear forest to make room for palm oil agriculture. Baman is a crucial part of the fight against this arson, serving as the Indonesian government's lead expert witness on illegal peatland fires. And he has served as witness on many, many fires. Since 2000, about 500 cases. Uh, you know, sometimes I do not remember. <laughs> Bamban still remembers how he became involved in this battle shortly after finishing his studies. When I just returned from my study, when I go to the field, I finally found that, wow, they are starting to destroy our environment. So I have been asked by the uh, police at Jakarta office, Bamban, uh, I think you have the uh, skill and science to fight uh, those uh, companies behind of those fires. What do you think? And they said, okay. And ever since, Bamban has been providing evidence to help courts decide who is behind forest fires. In fact, we spoke the night before he was appearing for one of his many cases. So I should give a testimony in front of the court uh, tomorrow morning. This is uh, a fire that occurred in oil palm plantations about... 833 hectare burns. Banman was up against hundreds of other nominees for the John Maddox Prize, but the judges had no doubt he deserved the award. In fact, one judge said, I've never known in the history of this prize such consensus within the judges from the outset. Even so, Banman himself was completely taken aback by the honour. Uh, for me, it looked like dreams, you know. I don't believe that I win this prize because I spent uh, 20 years uh, working on the field. It seemed that uh, I work alone. But the real value comes from the work itself. These fires devastate the local environment and produce immense amounts of greenhouse gases. But there are also severe impacts on people living close to these blazes, especially for expectant mothers, as Bambana explained to me when we spoke. Uh, from the, the smoke, we took a samples and analyzed. We finally recognized we got 90 gases from pit fires, where more than 50% of these gases is very harmful to the human being. You can imagine it's this kind of gases and then absorbed by the, the young mothers that are pregnant, then the baby will abnormal. So this is very dangerous. And also, we have a big experience uh, a couple of years ago because of these uh, fires where one airplane crashed. What's the hardest part of providing evidence and getting that evidence in the first place? Yeah, the first one, uh, we need actually the maps. We would like to reconstruct the information on forest fire. And then from there, then we can understand 
how come this fire occurred here? This is number one. And the second one is about the, uh, to get the samples and the field. And then the other ones also, we need some data from the, the company. Sometimes, you know, they keep those data. Now, of course, when you're presenting this information in court, you're not necessarily presenting it to people who are also trained scientists. You know, the judges don't have the scientific background maybe that, that you have. Is it hard to communicate science in a way that, that you can be sure it will be understood? Yeah, this is another problem. The question is how we guarantee, how we make sure that those data is expressing the field situation. For you, how do you find this process of going to court and presenting evidence? Do you get nervous or do you enjoy it? What's it like? The big company behind those fires, they have very, very good lawyers. Of course, in the beginning, I'm very nervous. Why? Because all then depend on what I should present during the courts. So if my presentation is bad, then maybe the case will be closed. And you should know also these lawyers, they have also invited the, the expert. This expert sometimes give information to this lawyer to fight me. It sounds like a challenging process, but I hear that the challenges also exist outside the courtroom and that there's been quite a big impact on, on yourself and also on your family. They try to intimidate. So they, they, uh, they start with this. They intimidate, they call, sometimes uh, they bring the car to brought my house, and sometimes they go to the, my college in campus. So this is in order to make me afraid, so then decided not to continue on my testimony. And a palm oil company actually tried to intimidate you with a multi-million dollar lawsuit. What ended up happening with this case? I got more than 160,000 support from these peoples, not only in Indonesia, and also from, uh, from foreign countries. It means that we should save Bam Bam. I'm lucky because uh, finally the court reject. So it means that now I am free. It must have been amazing to see so many, so many people signing this, this petition. Oh, yes, of course. So I'm even, even my wife, she's crying because uh, she never thought that everybody is looking what I'm doing. Do any of your colleagues say you shouldn't do this work, it's too dangerous or it's not worth the risks? I have uh, many uh, comments from them. Bam, bam, you know, this is uh, very dangerous for you and your family. And then he said that it's better you stop this kind of activities. But I have also a suggestion. If I know this kind of problems, the environmental disaster, you know, continues. It is uh, naive. If I know those things, then I couldn't stop it. Then we do hope that uh, as academicians, we should be part of the uh, solutions, not part of the problems. Do you have a message for researchers who maybe want to do similar work, but are nervous about the consequences for themselves? I have a simple message that uh, if you are a real scientist, when you uh, work on the right track and the right places or the right ways, don't worry. Many people will support you and will give you more power. There is no choice. We should fight and go to the field. Uh, for this uh, kind of activities. That was Bamban Hirasaria, winner of this year's John Maddox Prize. 
The award was presented to Bambin and Olivier at the Welcome Collection in London on Tuesday the 12th of November, along with the prize money of £3,000. Thank you for tuning in to this special edition of Working Scientist and learning about the outstanding work of both Bambin and Olivier that have earned them their awards. I'm Adam Levy. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> <laughs>